welcome to episode 161 of CGM's Pixels and Ink Podcast. I'm joined by Phil. It's me. That's you. The Phil guy. Mm-hmm. Film, film, Phil. Mm-hmm. Phil him. Mm-hmm. And Brendan. Hey. The sound guy. That's not my actual name. No. I'm pretty sure his name isn't Film, film Phil either. I kind of want it to be. Mm-hmm. Phil M. Mm. I'm not even sure his real name's Phil. It is. Don't tap the mic, Phil. I'm, I'm trying to get this thing to it, it's perfectly balance. Good. It fell. That's okay. What, so I'm trying to set it back up. Great radio here. Yeah, good times. All right. So, what news stories do you have for us, Mel? I didn't look at news today. That wasn't okay. my part Brennan? of my job. I'm just the Brennan? host. Do you have news stories? Uh, yeah, give me a second. <laughs> Did you see the the picture of Ash versus Evil Dead? I did. We can talk about that. Yeah. That was one of mine's news. You talk about that as I pull yeah, up more news. I was pleased yeah. with that. Um, I mean, it looks like Ash. Well, that's the thing. He was just wearing the same costume and he had blood in his face and a chainsaw. So he looks like so Ash. It was, yeah, it was <laughs> exactly all he needs. what you'd expect. And that's what I wanted to see. Exactly. So, they dyed his hair so he doesn't look old. No complaints. I think they Which I'm they not against. Don't, don't do that. He should be old Bruce. I was pulling in. There's nothing wrong with being old Bruce. No, but no, but it would be... Well, he looked he looks really good. old in Burn Notice, right? He so. did, yeah. So well, they made him look older because he was supposed to look like ex yeah. Navy yeah. SEALs. Yeah, this yeah. one he looks, well, he's he's an old guy. He's yeah. supposed to be a veteran. Yeah. So anyway, yeah, it made me excited. I want to see footage now, though, which I'm assuming at Comic-Con they'll show up. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. Oh, yeah, they will. They so first thing we should talk about is the... Oh, bat- he didn't even let us finish our sentence. He I just know. cut no. right in there and <clears> jumped no. in. Jeez, Brendan. Very smooth. Yeah, that's what I do. Bad transition all the way. Mm-hmm. Okay, so the first thing we should talk about is the Batman PC release that was kind of... Why? Do we really it, care? Yeah, people really care. No, but do we really care? I thought we were to talk about news that we cared about so we had something to say about mm-hmm. it. Well, Phil probably cares that All right, people, Phil, go for it. Uh, yeah, I mean... That was yeah, that was frustrating, especially since I mean it didn't affect me in any way because I played it on the PlayStation. <laughs> but I mean, is frustrating frustrating theoretically simply because it's been delayed for almost a year yeah. now. So and you think they would have taken the time to and apparently Warner Brothers flaws. knew these flaws existed. Yeah. They, so that is more the concern that came up this week was the report has come out that Warner Brothers knew that these problems existed and just tried to make sure that they were not noticed. Well, I mean, like. This is a console game. Why are people playing it on the computer anyway? That's my question. Well, because computers are more powerful than the consoles. Yeah, but if it's designed for a console... But it was designed on a PC. Yeah, but come on. Uh, I feel like if it's a console game, you play it on a console. If it's a PC game, you play it on a PC. It's pretty simple yeah. how that breaks down. It's not a horrible so idea. So no console games on PC? Yeah, sure. I'm fine with that. Um, Those yeah. are some strong statements there, Phil. I mean, it's weird. Uh, like, it definitely for a game of this scale, they should have all that worked out. But, you know, I won't pretend to be a designer or understand how that works and how tedious that is, so. Okay. Uh-huh. Fair enough. <laughs> okay, shall we move on to... Microsoft has unveiled the list of games that will be available at Gamescom 2015. Okay. So we have Scalebound... Yeah. And Crackdown will be on, will be seen at the show where they were not shown off at E3. Okay. Uh, do either of you care about Scalebound or Crackdown? Not really, no. Okay, wow. This is why we should check these things before yes. we see yes. the... Uh, yeah. well, this is why we use Slack and I put them in Slack and no one looks at it. Yeah. So I'm just going to throw it out there. You probably should do that. That's why we need a new news person. Yeah. Okay. I think Cody did. He's never here. Um... 
All right, I have stories I can, we can Okay, do. let's do that as I look up more stories that okay. you might care about, okay. apparently. Is one of them the first six photos from the Batman and Superman thing? Uh, it's no. weird to Whoa. see, like, first photos. Don't put your phone near the mic, Mel. Sorry, I'm holding it. Jeez. Yeah. Um, they're like, ooh, first six photos from Batman v Superman. It's like, you guys already put out a trailer. Yeah, All of a sudden, the photos are not a big deal. It's hard to get excited about a movie that's a year from coming out anyway. So, plus, I kind of feel like I'm going to hate that movie. Yeah, so I know. We're all going to hate Well, of course, we all will. Yeah. But, yeah, I find it hard to get excited about it. The question is, which one will you hate more? Dawn of Justice or the Suicide Squad movie? That's hard to say. Suicide Squad that's movie. That's really hard to say. In fact, yeah. that's, there is a funny little news thing from the Suicide Squad this oh, week, God. which is that uh, uh, David Ayer, the writer director, <clears throat> has apparently hired an on-set therapist to talk to all the actors because, because they're of Jared worried. Leto? Yeah, he's because they're worried they're playing such psychotic characters. They might what? have actual problems. I so they want to make sure everyone's been taken care of. That Jared Leto's been staying in character and sending various gifts to his castmates. Oh, good for him. That's, like dead rats and stuff? That's pretty funny. That's weird. Um, It just, to me, like... Because it just looks like such a stupid poppy movie. Why, like, why does like the person playing Deadshot have to have a, a therapist or he Killer doesn't. Croc? The guy playing Killer Croc is going to go through some turmoil. No, but no, the guy not. playing, you know, Deadshot mm-hmm. might need therapy for other reasons. Yeah, it's, oh yeah, he definitely does. Yeah. But yeah. Um, I think, yeah, I think that it's, uh, I think it's just a publicity thing. I think it's just because. You know, no one cares. Well, yeah, because no one really cares, and they're trying really hard they're to make playing. people care. And also, they're playing psycho characters, Phil. We're supposed to be excited. I know, but I think, and I think it's also because of that whole uh, the Heath Ledger thing, where he killed himself, and everyone like tried to make it seem like it was because he played the Joker, and he got Please. too intensely into the Joker. So they're trying to be like, Joker we got to be careful, because the last time someone played the Joker, it killed he him. Killed himself. So now no, we have Joker to make sure. Joker kills a that, bunch of other people. Not I know. It's so stupid, but anyway, they got some attention out of that, which is apparently all they care about. Because they, they're going out of their way to uh, draw as much attention to themselves as possible. All right. Uh, next up, uh, this is kind of sad. Um, the Guillermo del Toro is officially pulled out of the Justice League Dark project that he's been developing for a few years. Which is a bummer because that would have been fun to see. I guess, I mean, he also just has so many his fingers and so many pies at once that he can't do them all anymore. Anyway. Exactly. He wanted out of that. Plus, you know, maybe he saw an early Plus, cut you know, of the DC's DC getting movies. screwed. Yeah, yeah. They're being horrible. But one possible silver lining is that, and that is that Ron Perlman had a tweet this week mm-hmm, with a picture of Hellboy that said, uh, lurking, waiting, and then poof, one more Roman numeral added to the name by magic. Very much suggesting that Hellboy 3, Hellboy 3 might be happening, which he like had an online campaign for for a while. So, to be honest, as excited as I would have been to see Guillermo del Toro do the Justice League Dark movie, because yeah. it sounded so weird, I would rather him do this Hellboy 3 that they've yeah. been talking up for a while. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I'm really skeptical on Hellboy. Hellboy 2 is not great. Oh, I love Hellboy really? 2. Yeah, I love I the visuals. Better. I thought it was better than the first one by far. I loved the visuals. I did not love the storyline. I loved it. Right. It's, it was so ridiculous and cartoony. And I've heard I the... Remember it. it is a blast. You should check that one out. I've seen it. Now. I just don't really... Re- I remember the email. The problem with Hellboy 2 is that Hellboy 2 came out the same summer as Iron Man and Dark Knight. Oh, uh, that's fair. So it was a little bit uh, overshadowed and it didn't... And uh, it was hard to appreciate the same way. Um, but uh, in isolation, yeah, I think it's such a big, bold, cartoony, wild thing. I love it. Um, and it felt more like a Guillermo del Toro movie than the first one where he was obviously playing within restraints. That's fair. But, uh, no, this third one is a be- is supposed to be like a big epic finale where Hellboy goes down to hell and fights his daddy. Why not? Um, which I'm all for. So, um, yeah, I'm hoping that uh, I'm hoping that it actually happens because I always thought oh, the Hellboy God. series was was 
pretty underrated um, and also kind of kind of came out right before the superhero comic book movie boom. So I don't think people like got into it as much as yeah. the audience would be there for it now. So Also, they have better technology to make it reality. Yeah, now. totally. So that's cool. Um, all right. Oh, also, uh, James Gunn saw Ant-Man this week and said that he thinks it's the best Marvel movie since Iron Man. Okay. Um, which was... Yeah. But granted, if there's anyone who's a uh, company spokesman for Marvel at this point, it's definitely James Gunn. Yep. So he would only say something positive if he was going to say anything at all. And But he did say one thing that I did like that he said it, is that it did retain the spirit of Edgar Wright. And you could tell that he was still involved, which... Oh, that's kind of cool. It would have to, since he left like three weeks before production began and like approved of all the design choices and cast everybody. Um, so, but anyway, yeah, no, I'm I'm actually excited for Ant-Man. Like, none of the trailers or anything have been particularly overwhelmingly amazing, but I don't have a good feeling about it. I don't know. It could be it. interesting. I think it could be cool. I said Paul Rudd. Yeah, movie. that's the other thing, is I love Paul Rudd, and I think he'll be a fun... They don't really have... Like, uh, despite how comedic the Marvel movies are, aside from Iron Man, none of the actual uh, heroes are particularly funny in and of themselves, so mm-hmm. I like the idea of bringing Paul Rudd in to be the uh, comical doofus superhero. I think that's going to work out quite well. All right. Next up, uh, speaking of Marvel stuff, Alan Taylor, who directed uh, Thor 2 and also did the new Terminator movie, which I'll be talking about shortly. He's obviously been doing press this week for the Terminator thing, and he said that someone asked him to compare his experience making that and making Thor 2, and he said that uh, he had a horrible experience on Thor 2, and that, well, he had like complete freedom while they were shooting. When the movie was shot, he basically had no say in the process. And really? And he was completely re-edited on him. Now... That movie was kind of, like, kind of garbage, so it, like, I have, I'm not quite sure how I feel about this. It could very well be that the movie was at one point worse, and they went and they tried really hard to fix it, because mm-hmm. um, definitely that movie was sloppy in a lot of ways. Uh, but it was a little bit, yeah. It is definitely continuing that thing that's, that's starting to emerge of whether or not Marvel is director-friendly or not. Um, however, I'd say the guy who made Thor 2 and Terminator 5 might be the guy you'd want to shut out of the editing room um, <laughs> out of all the Marvel directors. But anywho, um, okay, and here's another one. That's Skull Island, King Kong movie that Legendary is yep. developing. Mm-hmm. Both Michael Keaton and J.K. Simmons left it today. Oh. Really? Which is not a good sign. No. Both? Yep. On the same day? Yes. Yeah, now, granted, um, both of them have won Academy Awards since they signed on to that and probably are getting uh, better Much better screenplays yeah. since then. It's Actually, no, Michael Keaton didn't win an Academy Award, but anyway, he had Birdman did. Um, so it could just be that, but it still doesn't look great. Um, it was, did we think it would, to be honest? Uh. I like King Kong. Yeah. I would have watched King Kong fight dinosaurs for a movie with Michael Keaton cracking wise, but that's never going to happen anymore. Um, and I'm also interested in it just because it's like Legendary is producing it, who also did Jurassic World and Pacific Rim and Godzilla. Mm. So I am hoping that they're going to form a monster universe where King Kong fights Godzilla in Jurassic Park. But, um, and this might, this might delay that dream. That yeah, maybe a little bit. Sorry, Phil. Mm-hmm. I feel like what's going to happen is they'll do this whole movie on Skull Island, so it'll be like King Kong fighting dinosaurs and this whole rigmarole. And at the very end, uh, like King Kong will win and prove to be the good of all the monsters, and then they'll like take him to put on a boat. And like, so that's when the credits will roll. So you'll think, oh, they're going to New York. It's there's it, they're, they split it all up. But then there'll be an end credit scene where the the new King Kong enclosure is at Jurassic Park. Okay. Yeah. I'd see this. Right. Right. So that's what I'm thinking will happen. 
but Keep who knows? Away from the tank. It's not looking good anymore. All right, and uh, here's another fun one that uh, I read. Uh, someone was interviewing Robert Zemeckis, director of Who uh, Framed Roger Rabbit yep. and Back to the Future. Good director. Yep, good guy. And they were asking him about, since everyone's, you know, remaking so many iconic properties or doing sequels to it, whether he thought there would ever be a remake of Back to the Future. And he said, uh, point blank, as long as he is alive, he will do everything in his power to ensure that there will never be a Back to the Future remake. And then him, yeah, and then him and his uh, writer-producer partner, Bob Gale, yeah, they've, they've have a hard-line stance of Good. never allowing any more Back to the Future here? product. Yeah, right? I don't want that. And that first one's such a little gem that, like, it's, it's perfect. You can't really improve on it. Even the sequels, although fun, are, like, nowhere near close, so... And it was just nice to hear in, like, an age when, like, everyone's dipping back into the well for this stuff. That's a good move, I think. Refuses. Um, and then a little Warner Brothers DC news that might prove to be good, which is that they've announced this week that all Vertigo books, which they own as part of owning DC, will not be adapted through Warner Brothers, but through New Line. Really? Ooh, so yay. it'll be other people in charge, and that I like the sounds of. I New think that gives it hope. They do. Yeah, they've got a good history to them. Now, granted, they're still part of the Warner Brothers machine, but they are kind of outside it. And so I'm hoping that means that... Because there was a weird period uh, this year up until all the blockbusters came out and started breaking records where uh, the, all of the, like, I think the five highest grossing movies up until when Avengers came out of 2015 were all R-rated. And it was the first time even one of them had been that high. Even one R-rated movie has made that much money since, like, The Matrix. So there is this new, like, there is an audience for R-rated movies again, and they're going to start oh, making them. Yeah. So I'm hoping that by moving into New Line out of Warner Brothers, this means that if they're going to make any Vertigo books, they're going to actually make them hard R and poor. Immature I would be for this. Instead of children. Yeah. Which is the only reason you can't, which is really the only way you can do any of those books. Yeah. So that could potentially be good news, or it could be absolutely meaningless. Only time will tell. And finally... Very exciting news um, at Comic Con this year. <clears throat> uh, Colonel Sanders, the KFC mascot, will be getting his own comic book called oh, The Colonel's Adventure Comics. Why not? Comic Con exclusive. Wait, the Adventures of what? Him catching pigeons and I guess yeah, it's him. Yeah, I guess it's him as a colonel in the racist South with slaves um, making yep. genetically modified chickens that are cruel to animals. Yeah, that sounds good. Um, so it should be a good tale. It sounds good, yeah. Um, I have to admit, I really want to read this. Um, I want to know what they're possibly going to do with Colonel Sanders. He's going to go on wacky adventures with, like, his sidekick. I know, but are they going to be mentioning KFC all the time? Are they going to mention Taco Bell since they're so so closely tied? There are many questions that need answered. Both owned by PepsiCo? They are, for sure. But you see them in, like, joint... Yeah, they share a space. Right? So is, like, Colonel Sanders going to, like, overcome his racism to go down south? No, maybe his, like, buddy that he's venturing with will be some sort of talking taco. Or the Taco Bell dog? Or Taco Bell dog. That sounds fair. That'd be good, right? Yeah. So I got to admit, I really want to read this. So hopefully it will be made available outside of Comic-Con, because that would really be a crime to all humanity if the the Colonel Sanders uh, comic book were only available. Uh, I'm sure you could buy one on eBay for, like, a dollar. That's true. But even a dollar might be too much for that. Might be? Might be. Yeah, it might be. All right, and that's it for my stories. Did you find anything else, Brendan? No, there wasn't. This week's been kind of slow. And we had the fact we had a holiday midway through the week. (coughs) Which was all kinds of fun. We had a holiday. And also that we didn't, didn't, like, you know, discuss news stories before we started recording. 
That is also true. Um, I forgot we'll have, to, we'll, have to, we'll have to remember to do that next time. Phil, did you see the uh, the gameplay of the Predator in MKX? No, did they release footage of it? Yep. Oh, exciting. So you see fatalities and stuff? Yep. What sort it of Predator fatalities did they do? Intense. I'm telling you, go see that. Well, I mean, I will, I know, but why I don't you just tell me anyway? Because <laughs> honestly, I don't remember the fatality. Okay. But I do... There must be one where it goes invisible and then it like, yeah, you up. Yeah, the thing is, from what I saw of his moves, I don't know, I don't, he doesn't seem like a character I'd want to play. Why, big, too big and bulky and heavy? No, he's not even... He doesn't seem like a bulky character. It's just he has a little... I guess there's like little dart things that he shoots at some point that come down from the sky. It just doesn't... I don't know. Something about it just seems like he doesn't have as many moves as I would expect. Right. But I didn't watch all 20 minutes of it, so. Yeah. I might have just they, seen I'm the, sure they were holding back. Yeah. Yeah. I saw maybe the first five minutes. Yeah, well, if there's only the 20, then you got to save moves for that following 15, right? He, all his blood is green. That makes nice. sense. Yeah. Neon green. Yeah, when you chop him up, he's neon green. Very cool. Well, I can't wait to watch that as soon as this is over. You can find it on our news blog. I will. I will. Did you see as well um, someone released a flash fighting game that had that sort of limited animation style of the first Mortal Kombat that, that is the dream of yeah. all the slasher killer fighters Actually, that, I've always, uh, that our, I've always had? Our intern just asked us about that today. Yeah. Terradrome? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, she was just talking about that today. She wanted to write about it. I was I like, could, wait, wait, what? What, what is this? And I then, couldn't believe it. It's literally the game I I've always it. dreamed of. I know, me too. And I, I can't believe it. it. Like, everyone's in it. The tall man, pumpkin head. Yep. Except it's, I don't think that's ever fully being made. It's beyond. not licensed. No, so. it's not licensed. It's just, this is yeah. it. This is all it'll ever be. But I, I kind of love it that way because it even is done in the old fashioned yeah, 90s true. fighting game style that I imagine these things being in. So. Yeah, yeah, to whoever made that, like, thank you. You literally made my dreams come true. Like, See, it's been a solid decade of me fantasizing about this thing existing. Now I just need to be able to play it with the controller. Yeah, I know. That's the next step. Yeah, that's the next step. And, sure. unfor- and unfortunately, that requires, you know, getting a More money. With a controller and, yeah. And thing, yeah. Just, but we'll make it work, right? Phil, we'll play it at some point. Absolutely. There's no way I'm not. I'm going to live my life without playing that game at some point. Exactly. It literally, when it happened, I called, like, three friends to tell them, oh, my God, it finally happened. And you didn't text me? I know. I guess I was wrong, though. Bill. I know. I know. You? you probably, it was probably that you said something really mean to me, and I was like, mm. Yeah, first you didn't get my Candyman autograph and Elvis. I know. I'm a horrible person. Uh-huh. I really, truly am. One of the worst. Yeah. You know how you think you want to review Super Mario Maker? Yeah. Not going to happen. Well, that sucks, Mal. You really shouldn't bring that pettiness into the work environment. But I do want to hear about Terminator Genesis. All right, we can do that. So, yeah, I saw that. Um, <laughs> it was something. You saw it. Yeah, it was something. It wasn't, I have to admit, it wasn't as bad as I uh, expected it was going to be, nor was That's it as good, good though, right? as I would have dreamed it would did be. Did you go on with really low expectations? I did, so extraordinarily low expectations. Okay, good. So yeah. that it would be better than you expected? Yeah, totally. Okay. I went in with very, very low expectations. And also mild excitement because Terminator is a very has a holds a special place in my heart so anyway yeah um things kick off in the future war like they do with all these movies and we see uh john connor and kyle reese who's his future daddy um like beat skynet straight up during the opening credits that's awesome oh hey finally they did it but as it turns out yeah as it turns out unfortunately right before they shut down skynet skynet did send terminator back to 1984 which is not the year the first movie came out so then 
Kyle gets sent back there, and it is literally, and it is like a shot-for-shot remake of the original Terminator for a little bit, which is kind of fun, and also made me realize how many times I've watched the original Terminator, because even, like, slight changes in, like, voice acting and stuff irritated me, because I knew it wasn't perfect, but that's neither here nor there. It's just you being a fan. I know, I couldn't believe it. I didn't realize I knew Terminator that well, but I really do, (laughs) like, down to my new details. Um, And then... Uh, yeah, so we see, like, shot-for-shot stuff happening until the Arnold Schwarzenegger, uh, the young Arnie Terminator starts, about, is about to kill uh, an actor standing in his Bill Paxton, who's not as good as Bill Paxton was as the punk at the beginning of Terminator, at which point an older Arnold Schwarzenegger shows up, and we see Arnold fight Arnold in a dream come true. What? Yeah. Um, and as it turns out, the timelines have gotten all screwy, and now Sarah Connor was saved as a small girl by the Terminator, and she was then raised by the Terminator, who she calls Pops, and they're buddies. Um, and, uh, the reason Arnold looks a little bit older is because, apparently, uh, Terminator's flesh ages in real time so that he can fit into the surroundings. So there's that. So, um, then a T-1000 shows up, so it goes from being a remake of, a remake sequel of the original Terminator to a remake sequel of Terminator 2, and there's a bunch of stuff blows up, and it's pretty cool, and then they realize that because the timeline's all screwy, Skynet still exists, so they have to, but it didn't take over in 1997 originally planned, so they have to go to 2017 when Skynet is being la- launched as an app called Genesis, which they refer to as a killer app in one of the most painful scenes in bits of line in movie history. And then uh, all of a sudden, John Connor shows up, and you're like, what? And it turns out that John Carpenter has been infected by Skynet. and is John now Connor. Like, John Connor, sorry. Not John Carpenter. It'd be great if he showed up. <laughs> Um, so, yeah, it turns out that John Connor has been infected by Skynet, so he's kind of like a nanotechnology uh, T-1000, I'd describe it as. He's made up. Each of his cells is an individual robot, so they do, they do all sorts of cool nano effects with fights and, and, and smash-em-ups and so forth. And that sounds like I've probably described the whole movie and given away spoilers, but that's actually about the first 40 minutes of the movie. And about the first hour, rather, I should be generous, of a two-hour movie, and even more happens. And that's sort of the great strength and flaw of Terminator Genesis, which is that this project has been in development since Terminator Salvation was a big hunk of crap that no one wanted to see. And you can tell watching it that it's just gone through uh, dozens of uh, different writers and filmmakers struggling to make this thing work. And you can see the sort of skeletal remains of all the different versions. Like the opening feels like what would have been the straight sequel to Terminator Salvation that was a future war movie. And then it turns into the nostalgia thing, but they can't do that for too long. So then it turns into a sort of a revisionist Terminator thing every day where they do Skynet as commentary on dependency of internet technology. And then it turns into a romantic comedy with Sarah Connor and Kyle Reese trying to get together, even though they know they have to get together, but they're not sure if they want to get together and they're doing snappy dialogue. And then it turns into a Terminator as uh, as father kind of warm-hearted comedy and then it turns into an action film again and then it turns into a nostalgic thing again and then it turns into a sequel thing again and da 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 and so on the bad side it's obviously all over the place and inconsistent and weird and confusing and, and uh and on the plus side, if you're ever bored by the movie, all you have to do is wait five minutes and it's going to turn into a completely different Terminator movie and you'll be fine. 
So, um, it's got his ups and downs. Um, Arnold is pretty fun to see. He's got some good uh, comedic moments. He's got one new catchphrase. He pushes really hard that's not going to catch on, even though he really, really clearly wants it to. Um, but other than that, he does everything that you'd expect. He says all the lines you'd expect. Everyone says all the lines you'd expect. They, they quote the everything. Yeah. yeah, they quote everything. They do all the music. And it is, I, I honestly even though this one's gotten uh, drastically worse reviews and I'd imagine won't do as well, I honestly felt the same way about it as I did about Jurassic World in that in both cases, it's a completely unnecessary sequel that has absolutely no reason to exist. But it's kind of fun, both A, because they are able to do things that they never would have been able to do in, in sense, the earlier yeah. movies, and B, um, it's clearly made by people who um, aren't... Filmmakers nearly on the level of James Cameron or Steven Spielberg, but are incredibly fond of the term, are incredibly fond of these franchises. So they reference it constantly, make jokes about how, crack jokes about how repetitive and unnecessary this is, and you know, just fill it with fan service. It feels it's a weird it's a weird moment where like these sequels almost feel like fan fiction at this point, as opposed to official uh, right license. As official canon, um, which is very strange, but kind of amusing to a point, and I hope it's something that won't be a consistent trend. Um, although Jurassic World making a billion dollars, probably yeah, it's, yeah. It's, guarantees yeah. that it will be. Um, so, yeah, um, I'd say, and, and yeah, and one and one thing you add that actually, like, uh, you know, you can't say about Terminator is that it, there's not enough action. It's insanely relentless. It's like there are probably more fights between the Terminator and the T-1000 in the 20 minutes with the T-1000 than there were in all of Terminator 2 put together. Um, so, like, it is, it, it's definitely amusing, but it is also incredibly stupid and completely superfluous. And in particular, I felt horrible for the actors that were cast as Kyle Reese and Sarah Connor and John Connor because they basically... Any sense of them like being characters is just stuff that they've stolen from the other movies because what they're stuck with doing is basically either delivering incredibly convoluted time travel exposition or like snappy flirtatious dialogue that doesn't feel remotely like human speech or uh, getting sad about fate. They don't really have time to ever develop their actual <laughs> human being characters. So it's yeah it's very much an assembly line product but kind of a fun one and you get to see uh metallic terminator skull explode into the screen in imax 3d that's kind of cool even though that's stolen from the universal studios terminator red but that's neither here nor there um because they reference everything in in terminator history uh up to and including that ride and then pretend three and four don't exist which is for the best and that's fine, because if this wipes them out of continuity, this has at least three movies worth of material in it. So there's still technically five Terminator movies, as far as I'm concerned. So, yeah. Weird. Dumb but fun. Not great. But if you like Terminator, it's worth checking out. If only for the, like, 30 minutes where they're, they take place in the original Terminator, which is a really fun idea. <laughs> Thank you, Phil. No problem. Did you end up seeing Magic Mike this week? I did. Cool. Do you want to talk about that quickly? Because it's <laughs> and if you want, I kind of am curious. Sure. Well, okay. I there you go. Brendan is more curious. Okay. About Magic well, Mike here. Than first, I am. Well, first up, um, Magic Mike was actually a pretty good movie. I haven't um, seen it. I've heard because all I ever heard about it was about the. Stop at the mic. Yeah, sorry. Oh, there you go. It is actually uh, no. It is actually a pretty good movie because obviously it's a movie that's sold entirely on sweet listening abs. But of course. Beyond that, it actually was, um, Steven Soderbergh made it, um, who made Traffic and 
out of sight and contagion and you know, he's a very respected interesting filmmaker and what I liked about that original one is that they sort of um, took it um, even though yeah it was it 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 it, it sort of took this big goofy salacious world and made a kind of really honest and fun kind of loser comedy drama about okay. it that actually was very relatable and interesting. And he shot it like an art film and it had an interesting look to it. And it was infinitely better than Magic Mike had any right to be. This one is like very clearly a victory lap, not just for everyone who made the movie, but actually for the characters in the movie. It's literally them getting on together for one last trip on the road for a big strip off. And For a big strip off. Yeah, big strip off. And Soderbergh didn't direct this time, but he did do the cinematography and editing. So basically, he was there the entire time, but didn't want directing credit, so he couldn't be blamed for it. And I understand. Um, so it looks right, but it is a road movie, so it's just sort of episodes that don't really add up to much. Some are some are better than others. There's one really really great sequence where they show up at uh, Andy McDowell's house, and she plays this like uh, wind up. Uh, sexually uh, sexually obsessed housewife starts grilling about stuff and it is and it reminded me of the first movie and it's really funny and sad and weird and unpredictable and she's fantastic and it made me realize how much I miss her because um, she can truly be a really great actress um, but overall yeah it's not is not like the first one is was surprisingly good and is actually worth watching this one exists purely so that people can go See, beef, yeah, beefs shake again. Beefcakes shake their shit around again one more time. And, uh, you know, if you like that, God bless. Um, it's, you know, it's not the worst movie ever made, but it is kind of unnecessary. And um, and I think kind of a shame just because, yeah, that original one, I think, is actually like a nice little surprisingly good movie. Whereas this one's sort of like what you expected it to be. It turned out to not be. So, yeah, not great. But if you like apps... I do love abs. There you go. Brendan really wants to see Magic Mike. XXL? XXL. Yeah, I went to see it because I thought I could relate to it because of that title, but it referred to something way different than I thought. I can't relate to what it referred to. I think a lot of men can relate to what it refers to. Yeah, so that was frustrating. That's false advertising, so don't fall for that. Thank you, Phil. No problem. Brendan, did you actually play anything this week? No. But Phil did. Yeah, I did. I played Batman. I know. I was thinking if either one of us had played something because, you know, Phil just told us all I about mean, I played him. Bloodborne, but you don't want to hear yeah, me play. pretty well it. just done the whole podcast, yeah. but I can keep it going. Yeah, yeah. right? It's yeah. just it's You've been doing show. the most things. I'm sorry. <laughs> Apparently, yeah. Um, all right. Uh, so, yeah, I played Batman Arkham City, or Arkham Knight, rather. I played Batman Arkham City a couple of years ago. Yeah. Um, no, Batman Let's Arkham Knight. I know, which has been the game I've most been I've been most excited about for at least yes. two years now. Phil has been harassing us for the last year. Yeah. That he wants to review Arkham Knight. I couldn't wait. I love the I love the series so much, yeah. and um, ever since the the that the Arkham Asylum, along with yeah. Uncharted Two was the game that made me buy a PS3 and get back into video games. Um, just because when I saw it, I was like, God back, damn it. I did. After, yeah, I, I kind of... You during left? Yeah, during university, I kind of, like, stopped playing video games. You were trying to be mature? At the end of the PS2 era. Were you trying to be mature? Or did you just not have time? Both. Um, it was a combination You're of like, the two. You're like, I'm growing up. I shouldn't be playing video yeah, games. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I kind of, yeah, I got off the treadmill for a bit, and I thought I was just going to stay out of it, and then, yeah, I saw footage of Arkham 
Asylum and Uncharted 2 and realized that I had made a horrible mistake and got right back in. Um, so, uh, so yeah, and this is sort of a grand finale and the first sort of big blockbuster game um, that appealed to me of the new generation and da 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 So I was so excited. And I have to say, it uh, didn't disappoint. Um, Yay. I loved every second of it. So, um... Now it's yeah, spoiling let's get into it. it. Yeah, I know. Some I'm of us at the careful. table still want to play. I know, and there's some stuff that I'm not, and I'm going to be very careful as I did in my review and things because there are things I could talk about that happened in the first like hour that we could get really in depth into that you guys would be interested to talk about, but I'm not even going to do that. Until so, exactly. So, um, yeah, Arkham Knight set in a set on Halloween, although they downplay that because that draws attention to the fact that it was supposed to come out last Halloween and got delayed <laughs> until now. So they just sort of, that's kind of just in the background now. Um, so yeah. Amazing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're so, going to make it come out at Halloween and we're going to put it out at Halloween. Exactly. Wait, okay, it's not coming out at Halloween. So now they kind of just downplay the, the Halloween aspect. Um, but, but anyway, uh, so yeah, it's um, cool. Scarecrow has decided to get up to no good. Uh, well, you know, as he does. As he does. And um, he starts by, he's created a new fear toxin. He starts by launching that in a really, really cool sort of opening credit sequence where you play a cop. It's actually in first person and you get infected and just start shooting. You start, you see all these scarecrows pop up that you start shooting and then it turns out they're humans and you've gone on a mass killing spree and that obviously draws a bunch of attention. And then uh, the scarecrow gets on TV and says that he, this news ga- gas is concocted. He's going to release at the end of the night over the whole city. So the city panics and exits. Um, so leaving the only people left in the city are the nefarious figures of Gotham City, including all the super criminals and, of course, Batman. And Batman is the man that must go to stop them. At the same time, this character called the Arkham Knight pops up, who's sort of like an evil version of Batman in a robotic uh, Iron Man-esque suit. But So he's got similar fashion sense and all of uh, Batman's skills, but he loves guns, so he's kind of... He's so he's even yeah. deadly. Yeah, exactly. So he's but a, does he have the anti-shark repellent? No, he doesn't, sadly. But, um, yeah, so his, so yeah, you have Scarecrow is your main villain, uh, secondary villain who's kind of loosely connected with Scarecrow is Arkham Knight. It's a mystery who he is, although... <laughs> I've heard some people complain about... Um, that being obvious, because basically, as the story progresses, something happens, and, and if like, you oh, and if exactly. you know exactly if you know the history, you're like, oh, okay. Um, if you don't, it would still be a surprise, I'd imagine. But what I liked about it is that essentially what they've done is they've taken a, a pretty famous storyline from the last like I guess 15 years. I forget exactly when it was published. The last 15 years of the comics, and by making it the Arkham Knight as opposed to this other character. Mm-hmm. They make it seem like a mystery until oh. they get to the point where, you, and, and and I'm fine with that. And a lot of people have also complained, like because basically, you know, we deal with a lot of the theme, what it means to be a hero, the fact that villains are similar to Batman, mm-hmm. all the classic Batman stuff. And I've heard some people complain that that they, they found that irritating. To me, I could not care less. Um, just because you know, all Batman stories are kind of about the same thing. It's not really if they're about that; it's about how they're about what they're about. Yeah. That kind of got a bit screwy for a bit because the Dark Knight came out, and that introduced a bunch of stuff to people who only said they read comics, and they were like, "This is brilliant," but really, even that was just Nolan pillaging past books for themes and ideas. So, yeah, the storyline sort of touches on a lot of familiar Batman things, and but for me anyway, I that just made me love it more. I think it was a great rendition of that. I think it's a wonderful sort of wrap up to the story itself. 
Um, and uh, one thing that I really appreciated just purely on a narrative standpoint is when it gets to the end of sort of the main storyline, rather than it devolving into just sort of a basic boss battle, which was sort of an anti-climax to both the previous Arkham games, um, they actually skip that entirely and do a sort of purely atmospheric kind of almost like a horror game, which makes sense with it being Scarecrow, um, sort of, yeah, guided story path that Again, like I wish I could tell you guys what it was because goddamn, it's so clever and really good, but I won't. And I really, really appreciated that. I thought it was a really kind of wonderful way to wrap that up. And then it is indeed, as Rocksteady have promised, a kind of a sort of final Batman story. Yeah. Um, as it was supposed to be, as it is, um, I didn't complete, I didn't take it to 100% to see the official ending, but I did go on YouTube to see the official ending. And it is very, very definite. Stop. What? The tapping okay. table. And it is very, very definite while at the same time, um, you know, uh, leaving it open if they decide to do okay. more, which is sort of what you have to do Yeah. Um, with the end of Batman story. Um, beyond that, uh, the combat is just as great as it always was. They have actually have found ways to speed it up and make it even more, um, yeah, make it... It look more dramatic while still being as simple to do, which I really loved. Another one thing they do that I that I think is fantastic is that there are several fights in which you have you're fighting with Batman and Robin or Nightwing or Catwoman, yeah. and they have like team fight dynamics. So you can not only switch between characters but do moves together, which is yep. which is super fun, super super fun. Really, really worked well. Um, of course, the Batmobile is the big new thing. Yeah, and I absolutely actually... I loved it. Yeah, I loved yeah. it. Yeah, I I mean like. It basically has two modes. One is just as, like, the tumbler just goes top speed, smashes through stuff, ton of fun. Mm -hmm. The other, and you do some races and things where you're driving up walls that are pretty cool. And then the other, and then you can go to a battle mode where it's basically a tank, which is weird because, you know, Batman has a strict no-gun policy, so it's very odd that he would have a tank. But um, it works. It's so much fun to be able to blow stuff up as the Batmobile that I was willing to let it go. Um, there is... As with all the Batman game, all the Arkham games, there is a certain element of repetitiveness to it at a certain point, particularly with with the tank. There's a lot of just blowing up drones that can get a little tiresome. But um, overall, I felt that this one, I felt like with both Arkham Asylum and Arkham City, there was a certain point near the very end where I was just kind of like, oh, so I got to do this stealth and beat up these six bad guys again. Mm -hmm. And I felt this had the least of that. Now, obviously, if you're going for the full 100%, and you're doing all the side missions and everything, there's going to be some repetitive stuff. Yeah. But um, for the main storyline, at least, which I burned through first, I was surprised by how little repetition it was and how many different ideas they, could, they threw at you. Again, building up towards that final thing. Another thing that was a nice touch is that Batman gets infected with the fear powder, uh, with the fear gas, rather, uh, pretty early on. So that means throughout the rest of the game, at any time, it can go into hallucination territory. Oh, that's awesome. And they do great sort of unexpected things with that, where you show up at something expecting to do a generic mission, and then all of a sudden something crazy will happen and it will turn into a nightmarish alternate reality that you didn't anticipate. Um, side missions are pretty good. They bring back uh, the Riddler, obviously, and... There's no phone this time, is there? No phone? That, in Arkham City, there was a phone, and it drove me freaking crazy. Oh, that was ringing? No, yeah. there's no phone. Um, yeah, there's that. There's a man, man bats flying around. You can go hunt him down if you want. Uh, both uh, the Scarecrow and the Penguin have their own classic bank robin swashbuckling shenanigans that you can get into with them. Um, I found all those pretty fun. There was one uh, that ended up being... Uh, I'll just say this one because it's not that big of a deal because it's just a side mission. It ended up being Professor Pig, which is one of my favorite new villains. Um, I never thought I expected to see. And because this is a mature title, they really do him 
well, properly yeah. and disgustingly. And I just couldn't believe, just as a Batman fan, it was such a like sheer joy to see Professor Pig in there because I never thought he would make it, make it into a video game. Can you play this one even if you haven't finished the previous yep. installments? Does um, that make sense? Yeah, totally. Because like I said, it's Batman. It's yeah. yeah, it really is. So, do they I, ever reference the, the, the prior Yeah, they do. Okay. And so it's stronger if you haven't seen them. And certainly um, the ending of Arkham Knight, is a, sorry, the ending of Arkham City was a pretty dramatic yeah. event. Yes. That, um, but they put that right up front. Okay. So you at least find out about that. So I didn't finish Origins. Yeah, you, that's, that basically doesn't count. So don't worry about that. <laughs> it's really a trilogy. They've, they've designed it to be a trilogy. Okay, and it so really plays. cut out Origins. Yeah. Technically can, a preview, right? Yeah, exactly. It's, it's, it's I mean, Origins, yeah, it, it's not. I mean, cool. it's it's fine, but you, yeah, it's not necessary that you know Origins. Um, so yeah, I mean, like across the board, I just really, really dug it, and I had a, it felt like a great ending. I love in this sort of, um, you know, in a video game culture that's always about perpetuating franchises and keeping going and going and going. That Rocksteady would be like, no, we actually we've got a nice endpoint for this. We're going to do it. We're going to cut off. This is a great way to do it. The massive, like full scale. Uh, Arkham City they built for next gen is is just beautiful to fly through or drive through um, and yeah it just feels like a nice logical point to just wrap this up in a button and I'm glad they did it and I think they went out with prob- probably my favorite of the three um, I mean obviously you can't quite compete with the the first one was such a shock that such it was so thing, good yeah, yeah. but um, yeah I think like if I were to be honest myself and lay them out and take away that aspect I think this is probably the most successful one and you seem to really enjoy it. I loved it. I really did. I mean, like, I can see, you know, I've read, not everyone has loved it, obviously. And not I've, everyone's going to love everything. Yeah, totally. And also, part of that is just, you know, I'm sure a lot of people just are kind of tired of this series. Um, yeah. Because it is the same. And so, if you are, then whatever. I mean, I guess you're not going to like this. But for what it did, I thought they did, a, I thought, like, this isn't just, um, like, the best superhero franchise. I think it's just, I think it's actually just a genuinely excellent interpretation of franchise of, of Batman regardless of the video, being the video game medium or not and I think they they went out on a high note and couldn't be more pleased it's sad to think there won't be any more of these but it might be good that they left it off totally it to, you know. yeah I think they cut it off at just the right point they've also I know Rocksteady's working on another Warner Brothers game uh, mm-hmm. sorry another DC title right now so they're not done with superhero Superman? stuff and perhaps or maybe Justice League and then Batman Justice will be in there that way yeah who knows but they're working on something, so this won't be the end of this style of superhero game. This is the end of this series, and I thought, yeah, they went out in style, and I, I really, really dug it. It was everything I hoped it would be. You gave like a nine point five, didn't you? I did. That's a big score. There. I did. Yeah. That's my. That's how I feel about it. What can I tell you? That's that solid. That good. Yeah. Because it must have been that good. Because Phil's been waiting quite a while, and he had quite the hype going. For I did. This. Yeah. I did, and it really fulfilled. So if you gave a nine point five, it must have really stood up to the test of. I dug it. I dug it. I mean, I, I saw a bunch of people gave it 100 on Metacritic, so I wasn't even oh, the highest. Oh, not the only one. No, I think hey, a lot of it's just expectation, like, you know. Exactly. It, it, I, it was everything I hoped. So, yeah. can't If you love Batman and you love that series, I really can't recommend it enough. Phil's found his game of the year. I think so. Mm-hmm. I don't see anything Easily. better. Although, I don't know, Starbox might be able to. Yeah, no. To, to, to trick me with its wily ways. I love Star Fox, though. I've been waiting, and I've literally been waiting decades you for a new Star Fox. I'm skeptical on Star Fox, but that's, uh, that's for another day. Yeah. people are skeptical on Star Fox. I, I mean, there are obviously reasons to be, but 
I don't know. I'm I'm so on board with that. I really am. I love the dynamic of it being like the ship on the screen, and then you pull the uh, Wii pad up for your for cockpit view to get that? specific shots. Oh, I think that's brilliant. Yeah, no, I'm I'm so on board with that. But I mean, obviously, that's a different thing. That's not going to be as deep an experience as that's this was. Incredibly different. No, yeah. it, it should be interesting though. Yeah, but I'm looking forward to that. <coughs> but anyway, yeah, Arkham Knight, loved it. Cool. Thank you, Phil. Yeah. And since I've only been playing Bloodborne, no one cares about me playing more Bloodborne, so. Yeah, and I've only been playing Plants vs. Zombies. So, so we'll, we'll wrap it up there. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mel, sign us off and all that junk. Well, of course, you can read Phil's full reviews of both Arkham Knight and Terminator Genesis at cgmagonline.com. And you can also follow us on Facebook. It's facebook.com slash magazine, Google+, google.com slash littleplussign, CG Mag Online and Twitter, which is also CG Mag Online. It's easy now that they're all the same. Yeah, it makes much. it much Jeez, easier. Yeah. yeah, Phil, what's your Twitter? At that Phil Brown. Brendan, what's your Twitter? B four twenty six. And I'm Kicks and Chaos. K i x x e n Chaos. Right now, we're giving away copies of Get Hard. Really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and with that encouraging giggle, we encourage you to go and earn a chance to win a Blu-ray. DVD combo pack of Get Hard starring um, Will, Will Ferrell. Ferrell and... Is it Tracy Morgan? Yep. Sure. No, 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 Kevin Hart. Kevin Hart. It would have been... Uh, if if, if it, it, it had been Tracy Morgan, it would have been a much better movie. Is it... I feel like it was written for him. That's what it felt like to me. I haven't seen it. I would actually wouldn't mind it's seeing it. It's, it's not without its laughs. There's really? A, like, yeah. I'm tired of Will Ferrell because he always plays the same person over and over again. Uh, yeah, I mean, I can understand that. Is it that character? That. Is he Will Ferrell? Uh, well, yeah. Okay. Um, I mean, slightly different. It's the uptight Will Ferrell. But, oh. um, yeah, it's. I mean, it's okay. It had some good... It had a couple good laughs in it, but it's ultimately like a comedy about... Um, uh, I'm going to prison, so I'm going to get raped. That sounds horrible. How can I not get raped? And that's the whole movie. And there's something oh. kind of uncomfortable about that that's being the subject matter of a movie. Weird. Yeah. So if you want so if you're a chance to, rape, to win that... Go for it cgmagonline.com and at the top near the left there is a contest link just click that and you can enter there woo yeah woo and we'll be back next week <laughs>